I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And we are breaking in before we start talking about whatever movie we're about to talk about. I bet it's a good one because we only pick hits to talk about, to talk directly uh, to a couple of people who are big hits in our lives, namely people that have donated to our Patreon. Yes, yes, we uh, we we kicked off a Patreon a while ago, mostly to cover costs to the you know hosting costs money, costs some bones. I so have to we... pay my wife to remove myself from her company for two to three hours a week. <laughs> I'm like I'm like, look, I will pay you for my vacancy in your life for just just a just a little bit of moments because God knows with COVID and our quarantine we don't see each other enough. Yeah, she actually just hires a gentleman caller to sit on the couch and be like, "Yeah, I can't believe I can't believe Blacklist did that." <laughs> yeah, just saying things like, um, "Do you want to watch Jeopardy or no?" <laughs> <laughs> specifically the gentleman caller Tuesday night or no no not a, not a movie specifically the gentleman caller cannot be any better at making decisions than you <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah one of our patreon rewards which we haven't been as good as keeping up with as we probably should have uh is uh anyone who donates gets their name shouted at them uh, at the beginning of a, of a we love to watch episode so we're recording this to to honor those Wishes. So we can go, I guess, back and forth, Peter, and just shout their names. Yeah. Uh, do you want to shout it like a do should we just shout their names in a vacuum? Should we shout a thank you? What are you thinking? Um I think that we what didn't we say do anything about it, thank you. What I th- I haven't thanked anybody. Don't don't hold me to that. Um the what we should do is we should yell their name. Okay. Okay. That's not a shout. What's the difference between a yell and a shout, I think is what you have to ask yourself. Um shout shout. Yeah, let, it, let all out. it all out. It's not helping at all. Um, and the yeah, we should probably yell just, is only, you can only yell with a rebel yell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout it. It's just it's just your normal voice, so let, but a but little let bit it higher. All out. But it's 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 devoid of anger, maybe. Mm, okay. Yeah, like so, maybe an, like an excited shout. Yeah, no one says. Well, I guess no, it's true. People say like, oh, that. Don't shout at me. me. Yeah, don't shout at me. That can still be bad. Yeah. Yelling but, is always bad. No, but we're not right? mad at them. They gave us money. Yeah, but we said we we gotta honor it. We still owe people some pictures of us, which are coming if you're listening to this. We're gonna do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna do it. I promise. Everyone's asking about there that. There was no time limit. Look, <laughs> look at the fine print. Please don't sue us. Uh, yes. Um, so I say we we yell their names and then we thank them. Hold at on, the end. really quick, but before we do this, are you at all concerned that there's people that meant to stop giving to us? A long time ago, and by reminding them they're donating every month to to us, <laughs> that this could cause them to stop their donation. Or do you think, even if that's true, that this is so public at this point that they'll feel ashamed that we'll be yeah. on? <laughs> we should set up two two tiers in the five dollar level, and one is no shouts. I'm gentle. Sorry, no shouts. Be gentle with me. Yeah, and shout me out. Shout me out. You know that uh, you know that TV on the radio song "Shout Me Out." Yeah, it's good. It's really it's, good. It's on their third album. It's on right? Dear Science. Yeah, that's their third album. Mm-hmm. Return to Cookie Mountain, and then uh, whatever desperate use desperate babes, babes, bloodthirsty babes. Yeah, babes. Uh- <laughs> People will unsubscribe them when they they think we don't know all the TV on the radio albums. <laughs> uh, their seats. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we're just going to call out some names. I, I can um, go first. Ready? Yeah, you go first. Rick Gelling! Sean, a.k.a. Grills! <laughs> Gary Nelson! Ethan Warren! Andrew Dar. <laughs> Why did you turn into a country bear? Is, I've never seen the country bear, though, they sound like. Well, you sounded like a bear, but a bear that was, was not a was city bear. Be like, I was trying to be like Saturday Night Live a little. Oh, oh. Andrew Dar. Carrie Nelson. <laughs> Musical <Rick> Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and your host, Sean Hashtag Grails. <laughs> um, man, I do man. not want to hear Rick so, Kelly's monologue. He is going to light up Rick Kelly's those, the those lips. Guest. You know I, it's going to be 20 minutes of jam band nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to be bad. Uh, but, you know, th- in all honesty, thank you so yes. much for donating. It is... Um, uh, it's it's very helpful. There actually are you would you would not suspect as Peter and I have learned more and more over the years that there's a lot of cost to this from uh, server space to host it to website maintenance to just the cost to rent all these movies as well. So it's very appreciated. Thank you so much. If you are thinking like our show and want to donate uh, and want to be subjected to that. Um, there's other tiers. We don't have to do that to you. Um, it's, uh, www.patreon.com slash we love to watch. Thank you so much. I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And I'm Amanda Lett. And we love to watch. We don't love to watch Luther absolutely refuse to rail his wife. All the lights are coming on. This guy won't rail his wife. He really does not want to have sex with his does wife. Does not want to have sex with his wife. And she, like... She's into it. I have seen movies where the lead character is, like, a lusty babe um, because it's pornography who hasn't been so horny. Yeah, no, she was she was down. And, she uh, was too horny for everything that was happening. Honestly, for that sweater vest, for sure. Honestly, like the only some of the only genuine laughs I have in the movie is Jamie Lee Curtis reacting to what she thinks is an invitation for sex, and then Tim Allen being like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so real. It's yeah, just I mean, so funny. I mean, yeah, but she is like, uh, uh, like she got a toy stuck in her reacting to Tim Allen with a boombox and a oh, Hawaiian God. shirt over his oh. suit doing oh. a half hula half stroke. Yeah, I think he was having, having a stroke. Meltdown. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no. And then he, yeah, but then he's like, no, of course not. No. Of course not, Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm Tim Allen. <laughs> you think I give it up to Jamie Lee Curtis? Uh, it is also, they, they did her dirty in this movie. Oh, it was like, so bad. Jamie Lee Curtis is famously, and I don't, we don't like to talk about, like, uh, women or people in general in this capacity in the show, but she's famously still hot. Yes, like, that's very a thing. much that's, so. Yeah, famously. 
It's a noted. It's a noted feature about it is Jamie a noted, Lee Curtis. Yes, it's what you're getting Jamie Lee Curtis for. Yes, and that she's still, she's still, she still has that comic snappy timing. She's still a ter- terrific dramatic performer. Like yeah. she's so good in the last Halloween movie too. Like she, she's, she's she's fantastic, and she totally makes me believe that she really likes that Activia yogurt. Yeah, I mean, she, she loves that shit. She and, and yeah, twice a day shit, loves it. She loves, loves the it. shit for the shit. <laughs> yeah um yeah but what course. are we talking about well we're, well where we love to watch a movie podcast we pick a theme we do movies over the course of months around that theme and if we remember we compare and contrast and we're starting our fifth themed december month on a christmas topic and peter and i so we started with christmas horror which sure. is very on brand for us uh, and then we did Shane Black Christmas, mm-hmm. and then we were like, okay, well, it's time we we beat around the bush. Let's do It's a Wonderful Life. Let's do some Christmas classics and that kind of stuff. So we did that. And then last year we did Hallmark Christmas, which is celebrating the straight-to-lifetime Hallmark uh, and, I don't know, Oxygen? What was that? Th- Netflix <laughs> releases of um, – of Christmas movies, and we're like, I think we've kind of exhausted all the different categories of of Christmas movies, and we were about to go back to Christmas horror when all of a sudden we, I think this is kind of true, like we should have remembered it, but uh, Disney Plus came out last year in November, sure. and it had all of these, and and I and I started watching a lot of the movies, the Christmas movies that were on there with my daughter, and. I was talking to Peter about I'll Be Home for Christmas, the JTT Christmas movie. That is terrible. Yeah. And Peter was like, oh, yeah, we have to do stuff like that and do a cursed Christmas month, which is all of the big, you know, maybe not blockbuster, but like big budgeted Christmas movies that come out that are fucking terrible mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. then disappear from the, like they only exist now in like someone like a Peter talking about this movie that he watched with his family a few times in Christmas. But like, it's not, it's not, there's no Blu-ray special editions. It's, it's like on one of the first days of ABC families, 25 <laughs> no days of Christmas. <laughs> there's no 24 hours of cranks. No, no. thank God. And, so, yeah, and so at, we were excited to do, like, let's, yeah, let's, there's so many of these, there is so many of these movies we had a plethora to choose from, um, but we had to start it out with, with kind of, I think, the patron saint of Christmas movies, Tim Allen. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I think is only, this is only his, uh, he, he, this is his fourth Christmas movie that he did. Uh, this is the fourth one that we've covered on this show. There's no more that I'm aware of. Um, but because uh, he did as as famously, Peter, do you remember the first three by any chance off the top? Um, we did Santa Claus one, yeah, Santa Claus two, and Santa yep. Claus three. You did all three uh, in one mega episode. Oh God! Yeah, because it's it's kind of like you know that trilogy is a lot like Star Wars, where when you watch A New Hope, <laughs> yeah, like, you need oh, what. We gotta keep going. What happens next? It's like Kill Bill. It's really one long movie. Yeah, it's basically yeah. The director yeah. didn't have all of the budget for his vision in 1994, but eventually he stretched it out. Yeah. His vision, um, which was to have a an extremely bored Alan Arkin go go. <laughs> I'm you're, you're Santa Claus. I'm I'm uh, Daddy Santa Claus. Or whatever he says. <laughs> 
<laughs> what is that? The Tooth Fairy? Oh, it is the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> Jeff, I was American. in Catch Twenty Two. I had a great career. <laughs> <laughs> I've performed Mamet on stage. <laughs> I think the same year this movie's coming out, I'm going to win the Oscar for Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> I took out a reverse mortgage, and I need to pay it back. <laughs> <laughs> I had a cash settlement and I need cash now. <laughs> yeah, so uh so yeah, we we're doing with the cranks, Christmas with the cranks. Uh which uh is not a good movie. Well, no. and then next week we're doing we're we're actually going back to like one of those forgotten Christmas movies from the 90s. We're doing Mixed Nuts, which with uh with a guest who has a lot of affection for it, who has seen it quote unquote a hundred times. We'll talk more about that at the end. Then we're doing something that we're really excited for, uh, which is the search for Santa Paws, which is the tenth <laughs> entry in the Air Buddies franchise. <laughs> um which is like the room for uh talking dog movies uh where potentially not all of them made it out alive and then we're wrapping it up with a christmas special the only way we know how the most cr- cursed christmas movie of all time the one that was the number one movie of 2000 and that is ron howard's how the grinch stole christmas oh. and, and just because like we got to give a little bit of Christmas cheer in this whole month of a mess. Uh, we're also going to do the uh, the '60s cartoon television special, oh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, yeah, the as good well. one. Yeah, but we're starting out. We're going to crank these out, and we're cranking it out <laughs> with the crank. And if you don't like hearing crank over and over, turn the episode off, or turn up your crank. Turn yeah, crank it down. Crank the volume. Crank it down. Crank down. it up. But we're also joined by. No, like seven or eight time guests. You've been here a lot. I've been here a lot. I've been here. Yeah. I'm, I'm frequent. Yeah. When's the last time you were on? It was earlier this year, wasn't it? It was earlier this year. We talked about Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And it oh, was, that's right. It was yes. good. That's it was good. great. It's a great movie. And now we're, I think we didn't give you options for this one. We're like, we're doing Christmas with the cranks. No, you did. You did give me the, the uh, Santa paws. And oh, I yeah. immediately said, oh, no. <laughs> no, two aces I have zero idea if you made the wise choice and I've seen both of them um, <laughs> I, I don't know which one would be more uh, emotionally troubling for you but we'll, we'll, we'll find out <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah Amanda if uh, our audience doesn't know you uh, from our previous episodes why don't you introduce yourself um, sure. So, uh, like I said, my name is Amanda Lett. Uh, I work at the Museum of Fine Arts here in Houston. I'm a curator of American art. And uh, I'm a former Dissolve mod. So you, if you're on the Dissolve, you probably still see me around. And I still like to throw my weight around over there, even though I can't wield the band hammer anymore. But you can. Uh, I, I think when we recorded the Mad Max episode, I want to say... We were like, after this COVID thing blows over, we should go down and visit your museum. And uh, we're still waiting for that. But yes. some, at some point. <laughs> yes. I mean, if if anyone is in the Houston area and feels secure in coming, we are open. Um, so you can come and see our brand new American Art Wing, which is really awesome. And I worked all summer on it. Um, you can also see our new contemporary art building, which just opened to the public. Well, actually, it opens to the public on Saturday. Well, that is great. But I think it's a perfect transition because speaking of art. Oh, God. We're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about a movie that is art. It belongs um, in a museum for sure. It definitely belongs it, in a It deserves in a to be studied. Yeah. 
back to the crank. So, Peter, I think it makes sense for you to start us because this is unfortunately that does. group of Christmas movies for me that I, I actually avoided most of these. Like, it was very clear when there was a bad Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, they they get, like, negative one-star reviews from critics. And so a lot of these cursed Christmas movies I've avoided for most of my life until I started watching a few on Disney Plus last year, combined with um, finding a, an element of joy that can be gleamed from the Hallmark-type Christmas movies as well, as we were doing um, the episodes last Christmas. So, like, a lot of these types of movies that were coming out at the same time, Cranks, Deck the Halls, um, Saving Christmas. A, l- a little early, yeah. Um, I'll be home for Christmas. Like, Fred, Fred, the- Fred, 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 Fred Claus. Yeah, so the two that I did see that are, like, cursed Christmas, even though we're not covering them, are Fred Claus and... <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, is it Surviving Christmas, the James Gandolfini Ben Affleck? Yeah. Oh, that no, right. that's – is oh, no, because sur- I thought Surviving Christmas was that Kirk Cameron one. Um, that's <laughs> no, Saving that's, uh, Christmas. Oh, that's Saving, saving Christmas. Christmas. Which okay. we have seen. Okay. <laughs> we have seen. We've done an episode on it. If you want a 40-minute lecture of Kirk Cameron in the car <laughs> <laughs> telling you – about why uh, materialism is is synonymous with fundamentalism Christian Christianity, I would recommend Saving Christmas. Uh, we did a we did a, an episode of it on our defunct podcast. Pod's yeah, that dead. was our that was our finale. Our episode before that was our first one, and then our finale <laughs> series finale of Pod's Not Dead. Uh, yeah, so I I did avoid some of these. I feel like. And uh, have recently decided I'm going to watch more of them, just in a quest to watch uh, more Christmas movies. Look at our uh, – go on this same feed and find our Chris Timber kickoff special um, if you want to know more about that. But, Peter, this was one, if I'm remembering correctly, that has somehow wormed its way into your family. Uh, yeah. So let me let me back – let me do a bit of a, a you know, yeah, you a, back it a up. drone camera – back out uh shot um like we're in a, a crime documentary um because this movie is um is a crime the, this is a crime um it's uh one um the chicago suburbs are notably flat and there's no winter sports um two i'm in a i i say i'm in a large family but compared to aaron i'm in a very small family but uh i Tiny have three family. i have a you i have three other your siblings family from space <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like your fa- your family might be confused for like a Mongolian horde or something. Um yeah. but my family would be confused for an an anthill, I don't know. Um but four uh four four kids um and uh essentially like because there were a lot of winter sports and there was a lot of time inside, we have seen a significant number of the cursed Christmas canon. <laughs> um <laughs> Because there's and my brother and I started at one point downloading like Christmas torrents of the worst Christmas specials of all time. We started putting together like DVDs of of like these Christmas specials that unfortunately do not work on modern DVD players. <laughs> um, and uh, it was it was we were filling up time. And this is a movie that we weirdly like for whatever reason got spins every year, not over Home Alone or uh, Christmas Vacation or. Um, uh, Scrooged or you know any of the the true classics that are actually like can stand the test of time um the, the we would watch it because we would burn through 
uh, all these movies between you know post Thanksgiving, and then we'd be like, well, what's next on the list? We've got a we've got a, you know <laughs> eight eight hours of sunlight to burn through. What are we gonna do with this? And uh, and and we would watch this, and I think it was because the cast is really solid. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that they per- they perform well or admirably in the movie. I'm saying the casting is 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 absolutely solid. Uh, it's uh, low stakes, which is what's appealing about like the current slate of like Netflix movies. It's very it's it's like ultimately um, like not as highly offensive as like the meme, not the memes, but like the jokes about it would be. It's just kind of generally misguided in almost every single step from the word go and but like it's like at times charming and entertaining in the way good christmas movies are just because they scratch that weird specific itch that only christmas movies can because we've gotten it programmed into our into us so like this is an example of how like i can be aware that uh uh I have been manipulated by by the grander forces of Christmas and consumerism and, and marketing uh, while still gleaning genuine appreciation for something that I know is horrible. See, that's interesting because I we, we've talked about this before, that there's like a few movies that kind of start in a three-star range for me. Like, that I'm going to give a little bit extra... Like it's like I'm starting at a place where I can enjoy this, and that's Bond movies, Godzilla movies, and Christmas movies. That like I've especially learned in the last year as I started watching some more horrible ones. That yeah, just the trappings of Christmas watched in the Christmas season is going to make things give make me give them a couple extra points just because I like the tree and the Santa costumes and the lights and this you know whatever. Like I like Christmas stuff. This movie did not have that effect on no, me. No, no, no. And I and I and I think it's because it actually put me in a place where one thing actually I'm going to put a little pin in what I'm about to say because one thing that Peter and I do try as as fans of Christmas movies uh and as uh, now a podcasters that for the fifth year in a row are doing a Christmas themed December month, we also recognize that Christmas uh poses a lot of challenges and for for a lot of people and just some people don't like it they have negative connotations their their kind of nostalgia of the christmas season is not based in that on top of that there's a lot of people that we know uh we know personally and people that we don't know that out in the world don't celebrate christmas and feel like the way that especially the american culture uh barfs uh christmas all over itself for <laughs> barf a is month. the right word yeah, yeah i think barf is a good it word. is uh is you know omnipresent so so that's that can be a challenging thing too, especially if you have like trauma associated with Christmas or holidays or stuff like that. You are literally surrounded by uh, something that has a lot of cultural uh, that the, the culture as a whole says has imports and can't get away with that. And that's something that you know Peter and I have tried to talk about on the show that the 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 worst inclination that these movies have and the worst inclination that our society has is when. Uh, it's that kind of like you are allowed to like Christmas if you're someone who likes Christmas, like like myself is. But that kind of what do you mean you don't like Christmas? Like uh, type type attitude that a lot of these movies have and a lot of uh, people unfortunately have is like extremely. It's making an already traumatic or tough situation worse for a lot of people. This I movie is so. 
the what I wanted to get back to, at least related to this movie, is that this movie specifically actually makes me feel like it's like putting you in the shoes of someone who is being forced to enjoy Christmas and the way society as a whole turns against them in like this negative way. And I think that this and so it's such like I felt like this movie was a horror story of, yes. of how terrible Christmas can be for people that want to tap out of it and the fact that it's played as as a comedy or that these people legitimately do like the 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 neighborhood and the town and the the area and all their friends who are forcing them to how dare you turn your back on christmas are deemed to be right and yes. nora and luther are deemed to be wrong it actually made me actually fucking angry at this movie yes <laughs> this movie when it starts it reminds me of that meme um the worst person you know just made an excellent point <laughs> which is which is the idea of making a movie that's ostensibly about how how as soon as you have any distance from christmas um you can see how oppressive it is and the the sort of comic the arch comic sensibility of all of these neighbors hounding them like a horror movie and trying to pressure them into into participating, which, mind you, um, there's only one scene nodding at anybody who would have what they think is a legitimate reason. They and their legitimate reason is what are, are they Jewish? Are they Hindu? Buddhist? Muslim? Anything like that? And then the movie after that decides that that like has fully lampshaded their the 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 point of the movie. Um, and then also there's another moment where like they make it clear that like. Luther and Nora are totally financially fine. Like they're not, they're not buying a tree because like he lost his job and you know, the tree is the difference between paying the mortgage or not this month. Um, the, the movie like lampshades it in a couple ways really quickly that like make, you know, like, okay, it's not one of those scenarios where the, where this like bad movie makes a really excellent point. No, it lets, it gives you warning that at the end of the movie, Luther and Nora are going to give in, be shamed for giving in. And also shamed for not forever thinking that it was a good idea to to skip Christmas. Which, by the way, that's the name of the John Grisham novel that this is based on, Skipping Christmas. Which I yeah. think is a more accurate title. Well, yeah. and actually, let's 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 really very quickly on that. So, it if it sounds like it's subversive, as Peter kind of alluded to, it's not. It's it not. Very, it no, is no, very much on all. the side of yes. the neighbors and the society that they're surrounded with. That what um, Nora and Luther are doing by trying to enjoy their Christmas in a different way, it's like morally wrong for yes. the for, for for them as being members of their neighborhood or or town. It's and then on top like of that, I thought, well, maybe this is just an inelegant, shitty adaptation of a. I've never read a John Grisham book, but maybe like John Grisham is an author. Maybe he was trying to do something subversive. I have read everything I could about the John Grisham novel without uh, without actually reading the novel. And from what I can tell, this is a somehow a beat-by-beat beat adaptation of literally every fucking dumbass plot point of the book, including, yes. like, stuff that you have to assume was put in there because Tim Allen's in the movie. It's not. It's all <laughs> there. It's awful. It was just expert, expert uh, on-brand Tim Allen casting. I mean, you do know what you're going to get when you cast him, Alan. You cast him for one thing, and and you cast him to be the arch boomer. 
Um, if I may say that. <laughs> the whole thing. Once you've defeated all the other boomers, Tim <laughs> Allen is Tim the Tim Allen top is of the, the boss. Yeah, if he's Scott a, Pilgrim versus the world was about boomers, he's yeah, the final yeah. boss. He, he's uh, at the end, he's the, he's the top level, which is at what, like the top level of a, uh, a healthcare company? Yes. You know, but there, the whole thing is just so creepy and yeah. and and yes. really sort of vile in a way. Yeah, uh, it's it's like um, all of the re- all of the horror stories that you hear about, like homeowners associations, it, it come <laughs> to life um, to force these people to have Christmas, and it and it is disturbing how. Um, You see it in – oh, God, I can't think of what her character's name is. Nora. You see it in Nora's character. You know, she's actually doing stuff. She's reading to sick kids in the hospital. She's volunteering at the soup kitchen. She's doing all of these, like, community-centered things. But that doesn't matter because she doesn't have a Christmas tree. Like – yeah. There's something just really She's still giving to charity. Horrid. Like that's a point that she makes that Tim yeah. Allen like literally like she's like, Well, we give to the children's hospital and Tim Allen's like, No. Yeah. outrageous. I was just gonna say, but so she's able to do that, but yeah, it really like it it was bothersome to me and yes. it was bothersome the way in like in a way that I didn't expect it to be. Right. And it was no. bothersome in the way too that like Tim Allen also like there's there's a part in the movie that kind of uh, which we'll get into more when we get into the actual like movie section, but I, it makes sense to probably talk about here. Where like Tim Allen, when they decide they're not going to be celebrating Christmas this year, sends out a fucking email to all his coworkers. No, do not the best part have. is he doesn't send an email. He types it out and prints it out and gives them okay, hard copies. Yeah, that's that's why he's the arch booner. Yes. I get it. He's the <laughs> uh, because he does that. But yeah, and it's just like. He works at a law office in Chicago. Yeah, like, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> but like, but the idea that like this fucking special idiot is right. like, yeah, is like, just to let you know, I'm not celebrating Christmas this year, and I'm going to make a big deal about it. It's like, right. what? Like, first of all, you don't work with people of other faiths that don't celebrate Christmas. The right. idea that you, as like someone who's renouncing your holiday for the year, needs to make a big <laughs> deal out of it, and then is like. I will not exchange pleasantries with you about it. It's like, yeah. Jesus Christ, it's like fucking white privilege in a goddamn yeah. Like yeah. Christian privilege in like a, well, and like that's a the, five second. Uh, and that's the thing, too, is that it's not even specifically Christian privilege. It's Christmas privilege. Like, yeah. they're not specifically religious. I mean, you have Tom Poston's character, but it, even he's just really there for a sight gag. Like there's yeah no- that a priest sees uh, Nora and Luther being deba- debasing themselves right by by being in a tanning salon in your swimsuit like yeah. it's so every yeah everything it's we'll, a bad we'll gag but let me let me jump back to what what Amanda was saying because I think that that is the central point of the movie and then I I don't really know how we're gonna transition what the good cutoff point is to transi- <laughs> transition uh, I do, I do want to talk a little bit. Let me- let's get a little Tim Allen talk out because there's been some Tim Allen news stuff since we last <laughs> yeah Tim Allen so- did up and then we'll before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so uh, so Amanda, yes, that's a good point, Aaron. Um, so your um your point was excellent that uh, Nora is actually performing what Christmas is actually about, which is a sense of giving and sacrifice. And the end of the movie should be them not racing, them racing to get all the Christmas in in a eight hour day, getting the tree, getting the ham, all the blah 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 blah, all, all the traditionalist bullshit. Um, 
the end of the movie should be their daughter coming home on a break from um from the Peace Corps to introduce her new husband, and then they're like, and and then they get like. You know, there's two ways you could go. One, they do what they already did, which is, like, that they raced to get this Christmas ready for them, some version of this Christmas ready for them, and then the the, the, the gag gets blown. Everyone is everyone has too hard of a time actually hiding the lie. Yeah. And then it gets blown, and then she, she sees that, like, her parents, like, uh, essentially raced the last day, and she's like, that's not what Christmas is about. The Christmas, Christmas is about the fact that, like, I had I had a moment from my very important charity work and <laughs> i had a moment to break and come home and share the fact that like my life is moving forward with this guy and i it was important to me to spend christmas with you he he did decided to for the first time ever they make this note not spend family uh christmas with his family because he was it was so important to meet you guys that should be the end of the movie. Them getting found out because, like, their, I don't know, their, their fucking tree was clearly chopped down in the backyard and, like, the, whatever they cobbled together didn't work. Or, alternatively, that the other end of the movie is them spending all that crazy, instead of spending that money on a cruise, spending all that money on charity works because they realize Christmas isn't about the consumerism, but it is still if you if you're gonna participate in the holiday the way you should participate is being Mm -hmm. a good person yeah sharing sharing whatever you have that you can with the world and being like a better person for a period of months because i do actually believe because because like that's uh, before i I shut up i do actually believe in the idea of christmas as a time of giving and that like you should and not just like to your close family but like the idea that like you should give if you can i know this is like a shitty year to say this because so many people are in trouble but like if you can give more to charity if you have time to give give more of your time to to helping and obviously if if you're not at at risk for the global pandemic going on it's just a bad it's a bad year for christmas we should just skip it um but my point is that, like... Are you saying that we should be skipping Christmas? My point, Amanda. <laughs> I'm going on a Christmas cruise, the safest thing to do right now. <laughs> it is, I love that they're talking about a cruise, and all I can think about is those crews parked in harbors that are having, like, diarrhea explosions because their septic tanks are backing up. <laughs> oh, my God. There were a few in Galveston, and it was just, like warning never <laughs> travel this way oh oh yeah um uh cruise lines got fined big time here in in san diego because a lot of them pop through here um and you know for for improperly dumping their shit um or like um parking too long in an area because nobody wants to get on the cruise lines or they're not even allowed to pick up people but so yeah that was my point is that like there's actually a lot of like nods at what the holiday is actually about and then the movie just decides 45 minutes in, it's no longer about, um, it's no longer about the kind of subversive idea of, hey, it's even if you celebrated Christmas in the past, giving up on it one year is really hard. People treat you like shit. Yeah. Um, they give up on that idea 43 minutes into the movie. <laughs> and yeah. then I, I remember because I paused and I was like, wait, that's over? Yeah. Uh, and then they also give up on any idea of charity being the true meaning of Christmas. Uh Sometime after that, and then they rate they they decide that it's like a, com- a sort of comic m- montage to have those two race to try and spend as much money and recreate the Christmas that they they originally intended, and it's not funny. No, it's, no, by like lying to their twenty six year old. Any- 
kids. Yes. Like, you can tell your adult kids things, I think. I exactly, to, at this, this point. Movie, it's one of those movies we'll, that can be we'll, solved we'll with there, an adult but... conversation. Not only solved, but it would make a more enriching movie to have somebody have an honest conversation with their kids. Like, it's it just didn't feel like Christmas without you, so we decided to skip it. And she's like, well, you didn't have to... You could skip the tree, you could skip all this stuff, but you didn't have to skip, like, what's actually important. Right. I think what you're saying is important. I mean, when we get into the movie at the end, like, I think probably my final thoughts will be, like, how easy this would have been to make into a... Maybe not a good Christmas movie, but not... But but like a three, three and a half star Christmas movie yeah. as opposed to something I find a little vile. Yes. It like literally yeah. makes it's it's one of the only Christmas movies I've ever seen that makes me hate Christmas. And I think that's a bad that's a bad uh, measure of success for the movie. So, yeah, uh, before we uh, before we get into the movie more, I think it is important to talk about our patron patron boy here, our patron saint of Christmas movies. Uh, we, and we did talk a little bit about this in the Santa Claus movies. And at the end of the day, I think Peter came down on the side that, like, Tim Allen is a buffoon on every yes. level. Yeah. But he reminds us enough of, like, the, the – the I don't want to say the best parts of our dads, but the goofiest parts of our dads specifically that we – and he just feels so, like, such a buffoon and mm-hmm. such an ignoramus that he, like – any of his bad beliefs are so ineffectual and, and dumb that, like, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of like he, he feels like the equivalent of, like, like there's a lot of things right now. I mean, when, when we're recording this, the, you know, the back half of November that's, like, scary about, like, the attempted coup that our current president is trying to pull to be president again. But right. none of us are, like, scared of Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Like, we're scared of some of the other stuff, but he's just like, just put him out of his misery. He's so <laughs> sad and ineffectual and like, and his die job does. is melting. Yeah, I know. It's right hot off the presses there. And so like, Topical. Tim Allen, since we last recorded, he blamed his cancellation. I love, top- I love topical references that by the time this episode is actually out. <laughs> Or no it's only two topical. weeks away. It's coming oh, out in two yeah, weeks. This, this kicks off the month. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. This is order. this God, is the Peter. most recent we've been in nine months, Peter. <laughs> let's uh, but, let's relish uh, it while we can. Relish it while we can. Since we recorded the Santa Claus episode, I think it's just worth noting that he Tim Allen complained about his show being canceled mm-hmm. because he said that conservatives. <laughs> that, that that Hollywood was biased against conservatives, and yeah. then his show got repicked up for a yep. couple years. Clearly, um, not because of that, just because it was a rating success. The reason it was canceled is the same fucking reason Full House was canceled. Everyone gets too expensive to pay after a little yeah. bit, like, um, and a bunch of other TV shows after like seven or eight seasons. You got your syndication money. The ratings are going down a little. Why would we pay you all this money? Um, and then two, he did come out as like a. a so that led to like the whole conservative in Hollywood thing where it's like everyone suspected he was a conservative, but now he like kind of came out as a Trump supporter. And then more recently, he <laughs> tweeted out Karl Marx Communist Manifesto Wikipedia, which may have been a search <laughs> and not, a, not supposed to be a tweet. And he misspelled Karl Marx. Yeah. And I got to say, yeah. based on all the new evidence... I think he is the only Trump supporter that I'm still like, all right, you little guy. <laughs> like, he is a scam. Just, he's a definition of a scam. I, 
you know, that much coke in his system, who knows what he really thinks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're he he spent all of his mental energy ratting out everyone. Ratting out everyone. So he could get out of jail and so it's all spent. It's all yeah. No. He he's on he's on gravy time now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know why it is. Like I said, everyone has these people like there's there's a bunch of of Tim Allen people like that are Tim Allen that believe the same thing, say the same stuff that I like have no interest in as as anything, would not want to watch their movies and a bunch of other stuff. I don't know why. There's something about Tim Allen that's just like, you're just not good at this. And Yeah, know, and I think it is. I think it's the not being smart thing. Like, it's obvious that he's not a smart guy. Like, he's, he's <laughs> clever <laughs> in that he's been able to ride this for so long. And I say this as I, I'm a kid that grew up on home improvement. I yeah. watched it with my parents every Same. week. Me too. You know, yeah. um, yep. I, I've only seen the first Santa Claus, but, and, but, you know, Toy Story, all of those things. Like, yeah. You know, but he's, he's not the brightest. And also, I guess he does. And he like, trades on that, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And it, like, he's not doing, like, I, like, again, he may have those beliefs. And of course, like, I think we would, most of, most of the people listening, and, and we would agree that, like, a vote for Trump is also a, a vote for all of his worst inclinations, whether you think you personally have them or not. Absolutely. Um, but like he's not like he's not like a Roseanne who's going like yeah. I, there is a difference between like someone who's going out there and being like oh just everyone I want everyone to know I am a racist and well I in am a, a full on like QAnon yeah yeah like he does remind me of someone who doesn't keep up with the news oh I don't who, think he does at all I don't think he votes I don't think he keeps no. up with the news no I, and he just reminds me of a lot like again in that kind of like boomer dad like yeah. well you're trying your best your parents didn't do great on you either you're trying <laughs> you're trying to move into the 90s and the idea that men can have feelings and you're going a little kicking and screaming but you're dipping your toe and you're trying your best exactly you're not, you're not you're not overtly hurting people and right. like that's kind of the way i view him and he, he does remind me of like something that peter and i talked about this show a lot is that idea of like the the counter why so many counterculturals or like the national lampoon generation in the 70s and 80s like became republican because their optimism was hurt by vietnam their optimism right. like government being able to do good things was hurt by nixon and vietnam and all that shit and somehow even though a lot of that was republican shit that just kind of continues to this day that made them anti-government and which party is the quote unquote if you just look on on like what their byline is yeah exactly anti-government and so they've like ascribed to that without actually giving any thought about whether like obviously the the whole the whole trick the republican party has pulled is that they're not anti-government they're government on their their big government and military and giving money to rich people and controlling women's bodies and you know enforcing systemic racism like all that shit but like for someone like a Tim Allen who just wants to work on his hot rod, he just has only seen the 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 log line that they're saying and going, yeah, when I was a kid, the government said stop selling cocaine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I mean, fuck I the of, government. I kind of lump him into sort of that Jay Leno ca- category. Thank you. It's, it's like, very convenient for our brand for you to do that. Very yeah. convenient for our brand. <laughs> I, where it's, it's like, I'm I'm sure that if I really knew more about you, 
I would I would find something there that was a little yeah. But as a person, like a public figure, you're very kind of neutral to me. Yeah. It's like, oh, you like cars and you wear Canadian tuxedos. I, that's the extent of my knowledge about you. And that's all I really need to know. I also think it's why the movies never figured out what to do with him. He's good in Home Improvement. I think he's good in the first two Santa Claus movies. Yeah. He's great and in Toy Story, you know? He's great in Toy Story and great in Galaxy Quest. Yes, and then I think Galaxy you watch Quest something, is one. I think you watch something like this or like a lot of the other movies like Joe Sump. Like, he he needed such a specific role. Mm-hmm. And, and I think even an approximation of that, like in this movie, who's like, a guy who just is somewhat angry and doesn't like his neighbors, but like never really he's, he doesn't have like, what's, this is so embarrassing to say, but this is true. This is why we liked Tim Allen in the nineties. He had a little bit of an edge. Like he was the kid who would talk to, or he was the dad in Santa Claus who would talk to his kid. Like he wasn't a kid. He right, was the yeah. dad on home improvement. That was like, you know, I'm, I'm not just like a, um, a threes company dad or something like I'm not a regular dad. I'm a cool dad. Hold on. Dad. There's no dads on three companies except <laughs> in a different context. Yeah. Um, that would be know. a weird show if yeah. like threes company meets home improvement. Yeah. But I'm not like a Mike Seaver. I'm not like a family ties dad. I'm yeah. not like this responsible patriarch. I'm basically a kid that hasn't grown up, which has been its own problem in adult males in this country. Yeah. He's like but a more like, responsible Homer Simpson. Exactly. So he seemed like he had a little bit of an edge in the same way The Simpsons felt like it did in the 90s. And movies like this where he's just an old grump don't capitalize on that. No. He's missing what made him good. And there's there's nothing redeeming about his character at all from the get-go. Like, if there was something in the beginning where you were like, oh, like, oh, he's a dad. He's really sad that his daughter is leaving, blah, blah, blah. But even that, it's it's about stoic – I'm a man and I don't feel emotions kind of thing. There's nothing charming about him. Well, do you remember the moment they're saying goodbye to the daughter at the airport? um, And she says, love you, dad. And he just kind of hugs and makes a sad face at her. Yeah. But like, you know, a moderately sad face, you know? Yeah. It's not even, it's not even like a, I'm trying to stifle back because I don't want you to get upset kind of thing. No, it's just like, uh uh-huh. It's like, you know, a, a Viking that sees his village is burned down when he returns from from a, a voyage, and he's just like, "Hmm, must find new wife." Um, <laughs> he uh, just you know, you know, uh, what me- when men were men, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, by, by the way, Happy International Men's Day today. Um, oh, <laughs> that's fr- fairly. Hold on, I gotta go throw up all over my uh, computer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, finally a day for us. <laughs> uh, Aaron, I sent you a custom. We love to love. We have to watch Poncho to put on your computer whenever I mention International <laughs> <Great>. Men's Day. <laughs> I think you should. I think the best tweet you could do tomorrow morning is only 364 days for the next <laughs> I will like that tweet. But and you know what's but, so. But the thing is, okay, so he doesn't say I love you back to his fucking daughter. And I understand that, like, there's men of a certain generation that, like, feel like that I love you is only said uh, within eight seconds of, uh, a, a, of an orgasm. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> But in this case, I'm like, your daughter is leaving and she just said, I love you. Like, I understand. Like, my my dad is of this generation and he tries very hard. He's not a Tim Allen. He's not a Republican anymore. Anymore. 
Uh, he tries very hard. But every so often, I'll, I'll tell my dad before I, I leave on a trip, like, I love you. And he'll be like, ditto. <laughs> That's him trying. Yeah, no, and, see, and my dad's the same age, too. But he, I will say, you know, he is very much, he's much more demonstrative, you yes. know, because we don't get to see each other that much. You know, we don't live in yeah. the same state, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, one of the things that I thought was really weird, I know we're not even like technically talking about the movie yet. Actually, before, yeah, before, if you're, if you're pivoting a little bit, I do want to say one last thing on that particular point when it comes to Tim Allen, because I actually think that that is a misunderstanding. You're right. There's that part where he's like, I can't say I love you to my daughter, but like home improvement for as many cheesy jokes and oh, the wife is no, they, old. And there's, yeah, they there's a, like a lot. good family. But there's a lot to criticize about the show. But the one thing it was trying to do, which I think is worth, like, not celebrating, but at least holding off the criticism of it, is that the whole point of that fucking show was that Tim Allen was a man's man who likes hot rods and tools. And he is navigating a world that is moving on from that type of male role model, which is why he's constantly going to his neighbor and talking about how to understand people's emotions and how to say he's sorry and how yeah. to teach his like three boys to not be to make the mistakes that he made and right. stuff like that and so like yeah the show wasn't always good at a lot of that and, and again it doesn't hold up all that well but i think we talked about this for our christmas special last year peter for our full house is like i do think there's a case to be made that even though the shows aren't good mm-hmm. they were shows that for the most part were actually trying to get to some good lessons that yeah. still for the most part are are worth watching today like there's nothing i don't have to worry when i show my kids an episode of full house for the most part there's always exceptions <laughs> but for the most part i mean they were made in their time um uh an episode of of um of full house or home improvement that they're going to learn something that's annoying, which is, which right. is so interesting. Where like this movie, I think, which comes now, you know, seven or eight years after the end of home improvement, all of a sudden has a Tim Allen that can't say his daughter, they loved him. This, and then the same way that um, the fuller house that we talked about is doing jokes about how crazy it is. What if a dog was gay? And we're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, how did how did these things from um that are that are continuations of a of stuff from a decade or twenty years ago become less progressive right. for the nineties than yeah. than uh than their predecessor. And let yeah. me jump in really quickly and just say like uh Home Improvement is a show that I, I watched a recent episode. Not a recent episode. I watched an episode recently. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Did you guys Home know Home still on the air? I totally it's just, it's just Wilson talking about uh, what it's like to be dead and how yeah. uh, how lonely it is. It's I was thinking weird. he had his a head in a jar, a la Futurama. <laughs> He's probably got <laughs> yeah. a lot to say about being dead. Though. They can only they can <laughs> only bring back Wilson um, yeah. for some reason, and all he has all he has to say is is yeah about what it's like to take that grand journey beyond the the mortal plane. But um, the 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 uh, I want to say about Home Improvement. Home improvement was an improvement over uh oh, I see what you did 70s there. and 80s comedies in yeah. that it was about, in that 70s and sorry, 70s and 80s comedies especially like 
family ties and shit were about right. uh, the, the supremacy of the of the man and the the patriarchy being you know i'm ahead of the family and then the home improvement era was about subverting that and saying well actually in the 90s the mom's in charge and so much of the show is about tim allen here <laughs> doing something stupid his wife saying yeah. don't do the stupid thing again or don't make the stupid thing worse he makes it worse and then at the end, and then he needs to go talk to Wilson, who for some reason has boundless wisdom. And he's like, "Hey, maybe go talk to your wife." And he's like, oh, "Maybe oh, apologize." Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then and then and Tim Allen goes and fixes the problem by being a human being, being compassionate, listening to his wife, whatever. It is not the end of a journey. Like, we talked about this a lot with the comedians yeah. of this era. It's not the end of the journey. It's it's a good halfway point though, which is like recognizing yeah. that like your your wife has wisdom. Uh, that empathy is is good, that you're um, just because you have a, a, a sort of macho hunch about something doesn't mean that macho hunch, uh, you know, translate into reality or justice. Mm-hmm. And that you should listen. It's a halfway point because uh, because now we're at the point where it, what we really what we what we're really at is more of like I wouldn't say modern family is the perfect example, but it's at least, you know, better down the line, which is like. Yes, it's the Listen most popular you. example of the. It's, it's the home right. improvement. Of it's yes. the home. Yes, it's absolutely. But listen to your wife. But also, your wife is not your babysitter. Your wife is not your mom. It's your wife should not have to do the constant emotional labor of taking care of you. And sometimes um, your you're wife is be a taking husband care of each because other. That's okay too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. that. That sort of yes, exactly. But I, I'm just taking this sort of home improvement. No, I pushing know. it I'm forward. Just... And then like, and then like, yeah. And then uh, Modern Family is entirely about empathy. It's entirely about taking people who have shitty backwards. Essentially, the Ed, the um, Ed, not Ed McMahon. Is that his name? Ed, Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill, Ed O'Neill yeah. there we go. Ed, Ed McMahon. Although I would guy, right? love Ed to see McMahon. the version that Ed McMahon is, <laughs> is in that role. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> we call... <laughs> We call this holiday Dia de los Muertos <laughs> with a steel chair. <laughs> um, but uh, the but you're 100 um, percent right. Yeah, yeah. But the the that's obviously like that that character, the Ed Mc, Ed, Ed McNeil uh, Ed, character, Ed O'Neill, Ed O'Neill. But yeah, you're you're 100 percent right. There could be a, a Modern Family. That's a great way to think of it. Like Modern Family could be a sequel series to a 90s sitcom where Ed O'Neill was the dad and everything that came from having yes. that as your dad. That's a great a great call, although maybe an 80s sitcom. I will also say, and I'm not trying to um actually you, but I just for our audience's sake, I'm guessing, Peter, you've never seen Family Ties because that is the worst possible example you could have thrown out. For I, the- I, yeah, <laughs> that's um, I'm I'm. Uh... I, I I try very hard to relate to the elder <laughs> to millennial the, el, <laughs> the elder millennial dash younger Gen X references, but um the whole the whole the, the whole shows thing, are fairly boring. I, the I'm whole sorry. thing of Family Ties is that the dad who's played by Michael Gross is like a hippie granola liberal who is uh, like yeah he works for PBS. <laughs> and he works for PBS, and it's his son Michael J. Fox, who's the Reagan loving thing, Reagan loving like Republican who wants his dad to be more of a typical patriarch in the family. Ah, uh, yeah, bad example then, but you know what I mean. This no, I'm just like, saying. So someone yeah. listening isn't going like I don't expect you. I don't know all the 80s and 70s sitcoms. It's fine. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Or Alf. Alf is a good example because Alf is about Alf like, is Alf. the best example. Yes. <laughs> because that dad is that dad is like 
uh, hyper patriarchal and drags his family through the mud to like essentially sort out his own traumas. I don't know if you've ever seen the Alf Christmas special, but um, <laughs> maybe, I mean, I've seen maybe, a lot of Alf, but his whole thing is like, um, yeah, he constantly orders his wife and his kids to demand stuff. And it's funny because Alf kind of like, you know, undermines him. But his wife is always like, OK, well, if your dad says that we, you know, can't feed the cat to Alf, I guess. <laughs> you have to check out the Alf Christmas special because it's essentially about uh, the dad dragging I read the, the synopsis. Through. We talked about covering it for something on this we show. Have to. Because oh. As I read the synopsis, I was like, there's no way this is real. It's, it's 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 definitively real. My brother and I have watched it two or three times just to prove to ourselves that it's as insane as we remember. And it is trauma stacked on trauma. And the dad, who's like the definition of like a, a you know boomer patriarch, is like dragging his family through his past trauma and thus <laughs> creating new trauma for the children. It's it's interesting. I. After reading all of those things about what it was like to be on set, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they made a whole book, back, right? Permanent right. Midnight. <laughs> yeah, I can't go back. Anyways, do you guys want to crank it off a little more and talk yeah. about Christmas yeah. with the cranks? Yeah, let's let's crank it to high voltage. Oh, Tim. Tim. Amanda, it would be actually sexist for you not to do it. Oh, 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 oh. That's when they, they drag, uh, they do a, a, a home improvement reunion when Tim Allen's in his 80s and has had, like, glaucoma. Like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> He just, like, throws up a little in a bucket when he does it. <laughs> and... Yeah. Get it out. Get it out, Tim. <laughs> Gotta cuff that cuff that stuff right out of your lungs. Come on. Sorry to put you on the spot, Amanda, That's but fine. I had to. You yeah, you did. And you did. All right. Thank you. For International Men's Day, really your, your sworn <laughs> yeah. duty. Tomorrow I can't make you do anything. Yeah, no, no that's the No, it's that's only, the it's only the rules of International Men's want. Day that, that that keeps me here. So <laughs> Alright, yeah, let's uh, talk about Christmas. Yeah. Cranks. <laughs> you Soldier Boy tell. Hey, I got this new damn for y'all called a soldier boy. You got a punch, then crank back three times from left to right. Soldier boy, I'm in it. Oh. Why me crank it? Why me roll? Why me crank that soldier boy that Superman that oh. all that why me you crank that soldier boy? Now why me you crank that soldier boy? Now why me you? Peter, I wish for you to provide me with some alternate taglines, if you would. Maybe. Is it a Christmas wish? Okay. Yes, I've decided to use my Christmas wish on that. <laughs> I'm Sorry, I, I had a mouthful of beer. I needed to. <laughs> His Christmas wish was a mouthful of beer. I wanted to swallow the beer. Oh my god! Aaron. Oh my god! The wish keeps coming true. <laughs> keep true. Keep true. For twelve delicious ounces, the wish keeps coming true. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess the alternate tagline uh, would be: Do you want to see 
some people close to death go on a cruise? <laughs> <laughs> death cruise. Death cruise. That would be a good sequel. I mean, if not, it's, it's a tagline that's just, you know, working their name into things. Like, yeah, like crank it off. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the what was speed two called like cruise, cruise control, cruise control. control. <laughs> crank two cruise control uh, God. Uh, all right so yeah i'll do peter recap. what what happens in skipping christmas the famed john grisham novel is this the one time he didn't write a fucking book about lawyers? Except sh- he, I guess he is a lawyer. Of course, that's his job. He works in a law office, which I imagine in the book is more important. And this, he just works in an office. The only time we see him in the office is um, abusing his coworkers about Christmas and mm-hmm. receiving abuse from his coworkers about Christmas. So um, it's largely an unhealthy work environment, I would say. Um, yeah, Tim Allen got partner, and no one knows what to do with him. Also, who do, do you think? Okay, so you 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 take a poll. Everybody that saw this movie in whatever was it two thousand four, two thousand seven, really, which is worse. Mom, I don't know yeah. why it's worse, but it's worse. Take a poll of everybody that saw this in two thousand seven, the following Christmas two thousand eight, and ask them the name of the family. I'm going to say 98% of them are going to say the Cranks, right? Yeah. It's not the name of the family. Um, the, I just watched it, and I didn't know that wasn't their last name. Wait, I thought their last name was Crank. <laughs> it is the... So, like, it's a it's a Crank. It's it's like they're they're cranky? Yeah, they, that they're... they're Yeah, I, I, that they don't like Christmas. I thought they're. Are you sure their last name isn't? Crank? No, I thought like one of the girls said, "Merry Christmas, Mrs. Crank." Is it because she's cranky? It is. Oh, it is their last name. <laughs> delete all that. Never mind. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna delete all that. This is my edit. I'm leaving it all in. Delete that. It's not funny. It's just me being stupid. Um, I thought I misunderstood. we have a we have a differing idea of what's funny and what's not. Um, your idea of funny is me looking dumb. I mean, My you, went, you were, you were getting up on a pedestal <laughs> about <laughs> the cranks and how dumb were, everyone was. You were going to inform us. You were laying some hard truths on us. So Skipping Christmas was the name of the original book. And it sounds like from, from what Aaron's uh, deep research uh, indicates, it's it's fairly close to that plot. So as everyone has read that book, we can probably skip the recap. Um, but if I'll you've do read anyways. Skipping Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to skip Skipping Christmas. <laughs> um, even to the point of like him getting so wet. Um, from the awning and that being oh, the last that bit's is, is in the stra- book? It's straight from the book. Yeah, oh. it is. Oh. She's saying this is the, this is a, a uh. This a, is the most literal adaptation, literal adaptation. of any book oh, ever. <laughs> Mamma mia. Okay, so, um, uh, Luther and Nora crank. Uh, they are sending their daughter off to Thank the you. Peace Corps. They're taking her to the airport at, uh, O'Hare International Airport. That does not look like O'Hare International Airport. No. Um, it is not that airport. Um, and they, uh, they are, um, sad about her leaving and they're trying to figure out some way to sort of rescue the holiday for themselves as, uh, you know, parents of one child and the child isn't there. And, uh, they come up, they're, they're trying to, <coughs> they, <coughs> sorry, they start going through the motions, uh, kicking off the sort of Christmas celebrations. They start going through the motions of, of, uh, you know, what a typical Christmas would be. And they start getting more and more depressed about it. 
Uh, and uh, Luther, in a moment of wetness, uh, <laughs> determines that Christmas shall be skipped. <laughs> and... I'm sorry. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't want to get your Luthers wet. No. They start to get crazy ideas. It's like gremlins. I mean, he has it. Hold on. He has an exact line, which we might as well just say now, which I quoted. He said, because he, the awning falls on him, he says, I couldn't get any wetter, which is not a line I ever needed Tim Allen to say. <laughs> oh, dear. I, he, I couldn't get any wetter. I couldn't get any wetter. And uh, so anyways, uh, they determined to skip Christmas. But the, the way they're going to do this is uh, that they are on, a, you know, a budget. So without going into debt, the amount of money that they 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 have saved up for the year um, requires that they skip <laughs> buying a tree. There's no presents. There's no Christmas party. All the sort of yeah, they, normal they stuff spend sixty five hundred dollars a year on Christmas. Right. Deck decorations. That's the whole thing. And that this cruise will only cost three thousand. Yeah, and and invites to their Christmas party and throwing a Christmas party for a bunch of people, which you know that gets there. That that that'll get you to at least a couple grand because, like, holy shit! Yeah, I don't but know the decorations I, like, they should have. I there are logistical issues with this movie. Well, I mean, they uh, yeah. say they say you know how much we spent just last year on uh, Christmas light and decoration repair. That's specifically called out, and which is not a real thing. Not a thing. You don't need to do that. But I mean, there's there's also not a person who just hounds you in the neighborhood about are you here for your Christmas invites yet? I've picked out the fr-. like that guy is that so guy doesn't creepy. exist either. So. I don't. Also, I don't enjoy him. Also, there's this Frosty thing that they want them to put out later in the movie, and Frosty just lives in their garage and costs them, I can presume, zero dollars a year unless they're, I don't know, uh, renting a ladder every year if they're yeah. replacing Frosty's uh, s- terrifying coal eyes. I don't, I don't know what. Also, I mean, it's just a, it's just a, like a eighty dollar Target Frosty decoration. The whole town's obsessed over. They act like it's fucking made out of John Holmes dick skin or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I don't know if you know this. Riverside, Illinois, all worships uh, the god of snow, and Frosty is the icon of the god of snow. So, <laughs> oh, so you're saying Tim Allen? And Tim Allen fits in really well there, huh? Yeah. Waka, waka, waka. Fucking yuppies. Waka. I don't know. Waka. <laughs> I walked a few times in my life, and I'm going to walk it again. Um, <laughs> and they, so so Timothy Allen uh, and his and his wife, um, uh, Jamie Lee Luther uh, Vandross <laughs> Crank, they decide to uh, skip Christmas by, and go on a, a cruise. Uh, there's some other shit in there, like they decide to get a tan. Well, but it's more it's more than that. Like, yeah, hold on, though. The problem is, is that they're not just like, hey, instead of this year, because we're going to be celebrating alone, let's go on a cruise. They do like, we're not going to wish people a Merry Christmas. Which <laughs> like, they decide ridiculous. to make a fucking thing out of it. It's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. I demand reality from my Christmas fantasies. And it's I just, did not it's, get reality. It's so though. much work. Like, just, yeah, say, say Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's like, it's less work to just like, oh, hey, no. Yeah, I'll stop by the office Christmas party and say hi to everybody. That takes nothing. <laughs> Sorry. No, this movie he, got me wild. He's making a goddamn stand for no reason. For no reason. Again, it's not like Christmas has hurt them in the past. No. They just have decided to not 
Go and even then he says we spent sixty five hundred dollars on decoration repair. The cruise will cost us three thousand dollars. So you still got three thousand bucks exactly to not yeah. be an asshole, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, there's like some but there's a lot of budget discussions here. What they basically like what they're trying to get to is that like they can choose to either do their Christmas or they can go on this fancy cruise. And it's not um, a fancy cruise; it's carnival. Sorry. I, I mean, yeah, yeah three thousand bucks for a ten day cruise is you're on a shitty cruise. You're on a really <laughs> shitty cruise, man. That included airfare. They yeah. call it out specifically. <laughs> and they, like, it's carnival. you're getting COVID. <laughs> and if you're not getting COVID, you're getting uh, Dis- norovirus. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, they basically, uh, they start going through the steps. Uh, Tim Allen sends out an email at work gleefully. It's not uh, an email, though. Not an email. Oh, he prints it out and hands it off to everybody. Yes, which is ridiculous. He's he's doing clackety-clack on his keyboard, and it would imply that, uh, you know, he's just sending it out in an email, which is still weird. But instead, he's he's dancing the paper around in front of people's faces, like, all proud of himself. Like it's 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 He immediately becomes a Scrooge instead of excuse me doing what any normal person would do um what any normal person would do is uh just uh when the opportunity comes up for you to sign up uh for some expensive christmas thing by the way one of the things he says he's not participating in is the company christmas party you guys know company christmas parties are a way for the company to spend money on you and make you happy i tell you this movie the most Literally. you spend money on is a cab to get home. Like that's it's, also it's, they're not compulsory. No, just say just you don't RSVP. Have to go. No, you have to go and you got to get drunk. There are so many of these little ticky tacky, not real things that drove me nuts watching this. And I realized that, but that's not, not, but hold on, but not that many because they run out forty minutes in and switch <laughs> plots. Well, no, there there's a big like time continuity problem with this movie. The only thing I liked that he did was when the police officers came over and he refused to give to the police officers Christmas charity. Oh, yeah. Um, Good for him. Because I like, yeah, Tim Tim Allen in that moment is uh, Antifa. Yeah. And I supported him. And there's a yeah. moment where they arrest him and they specifically cite uh, that, like, <laughs> you know, if you had given to the, the policeman's yes. charity – then you know maybe we could be having a different chair. We can have, be having a different discussion, yeah. which feels just like the initial, uh, you know, concept of the movie. It feels like they're hinting at maybe um, a, a sort of like uh, you know anti-establishment sort of uh, dislike of police. Don't worry, the movie uh, wusses out of that in like about ten minutes. Oh um, yeah. So, uh, anyways, and also uh, that Dan Aykroyd is like a mob boss of a homeowners association. Now that ruler. I believe, that I that, do believe, that's but where it starts to get that's where it starts to get like anything approaching funny is that like Dan Aykroyd is being an absolute fucking psychopath about uh, where they're like, give making- us the snowman, just get, don't just give us the snowman. They're surrounding the house, but again. There's no comeuppance for him. He turns out to just be a really good guy who was trying to do the right thing. And Luther ends up being the villain just for skipping Christmas. And don't forget Dan Aykroyd plays the accordion like an angel. That is one of those things where like <laughs> where like that party seems so depressing. And then Dan Aykroyd starts playing the accordion and singing like like party songs. And I'm like, you know, Dan Aykroyd is a very Dan Aykroyd is a is a, a a a somewhat troubling figure sometimes, but uh, I, I I feel like being at a Christmas party where Dan Aykroyd is entertaining would be 
fairly entertaining. I think it would be fun. I think. Yeah, I think I it'd will, be fun. We can talk about ghosts. We can talk about Aliens. Crystal Skull Vodka. We can talk I was going to say, the fact that he doesn't pitch the the whole room on Crystal Skull Vodka that's shows that sad. there was a lot edited out of the movie. <laughs> I know, right? Right? At least 15 minutes. <laughs> he didn't talk about the men in black at all. Isn't it so great, though, that he he was recently on Seth, uh, Seth, who is the Meyer? show? Seth, Seth Meyer. Meyer. He was recently on Seth Meyer, and I watched it. It was very charming. Like, they were, like, drinking vodka together and having, like, a good time. And he was talking about how Trump's shit is all shit. And it was like, oh, thank you, Dan Aykroyd, for being the cons- a conspiracy theorist who thinks aliens exist, but not a conspiracy theorist who yeah. thinks QAnon exists. Yeah. <laughs> he, so finally, much. there's he's, one. He's definitely the, the conspiracy theorist on our side. For yes. sure. Yeah, he's he's because he, he's uh he's at his core like a a, a decent Canadian. Yes, um, he's, he's a shill, but he's a decent Canadian. But he's a decent Canadian. And he did a lot of cocaine and never sold out his dealers. It's true. <laughs> Which it's one true. up on Tim Allen. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah. So uh, he, they start getting uh pressure from this local sort of mob mob boss of the neighborhood, this Christmas boss, uh, who tries to get them to put out this this frosty statue, um. And uh, what essentially happens halfway through the movie is that the daughter calls and says, hey, we're actually, I'm going to come home for Christmas. I had a break from Peace Corps. I don't know. I don't think that that happens. I I was like, it reminded me of Buster and Arrested Development going, (laughs) Army had half day, mother. Yes. (laughs) I earned these in the Army. Um, I earned these in Army, mother. This is for sand racing. (laughs) This is also my problem. She leaves the Sunday after Thanksgiving to go to the Peace Corps. Yes. (laughs) I'm supposed to think that four weeks later, she's on break and is coming home for Christmas. And it's such a big deal because they're like, oh, my God, we haven't seen her in forever. It's been a month. They built that school just so fast. Also, when they don't really give an age, you kind of like are like, maybe she's 20. And then you're like, oh, I guess she's like 25, 26. Yeah, because she's out of college. She's well out of college. And like, she's been doing the Peace Corps thing for a while, which is how she knows this doctor. They keep going on Peace Corps missions together. And it's like, (laughs) oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, but she's like attached to the hip to her parents and her her mother obviously is attached to the hip at her. But again, at most, they were separated for a month. This is this is a movie, like, I hate saying this is a criticism for a movie because I get that there's suspension of disbelief. But this is a movie where at every turn you have to believe no one acts like a normal human at it's all. True. Because, because, like, it it would have been the – I get you don't have a movie without it, but actually you could have. We'll talk about that in a sec. But when she calls and says, I'm coming home for Christmas, the most normal thing in the world would have been to say – Oh shit! Okay, well, we because you weren't going to be here, we were going to go on a cruise, just the yeah. two of us. But you know what? Fuck it! Uh, you're coming back. We want to see you. We're going to cancel or reschedule or delay our cruise. Right. Exactly. Uh, and that person on the phone would have said, <laughs> "Oh, cool. It's nice that you get like." There's what? What world do they think that they they like? There's there's not a version of that where I think. That daughter would have been like, you dare leave your home when you thought I wasn't going to be there? I know. And it's so like, and you're making the cookies and the pies and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, is she eight? 
But even yeah. if even if she was like saying it because she was hyped up about it, like they just go, hey, you know what? Actually, we weren't going. Let's we'll try to throw something together for you. And she would have said, right. thanks, mom and dad. Yeah, or like, oh hey, like I haven't had a much that much time. Can you can you help us do these last few things when you're in town? Like, or she's what, an adult woman. Yeah, she can help. Yes, yeah, so, and it's like what's so, important is I haven't seen you in a month, and I just want to spend time with my family. So then yeah. the movie pivots like right, especially right for now, the I next so hour. I see my mom and dad know, in like right? a, fucking, a fucking fallout bunker with I nothing know. but canned food. Because I haven't seen them since uh, December. So, yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't seen earlier. Yeah, I haven't seen my dad since last Thanksgiving. And we were going to try and go to Ohio, but that obviously isn't happening. So, yeah, I have very little sympathy for her right now. Well, yeah. but then now again, this happens about forty-five minutes into an right. hour and forty-five minute movie. The movie then spends the next hour switching to how do we make Christmas happen on short notice in a uh, town that all the decorations. I mean, they live in Chicago. Like, there's other. They're like, we're not leaving our suburb. Right. <laughs> we're not going to any suburb. other surrounding it's area. Be this but street or the next street over. If this street it. doesn't have a fucking ham. I guess we're oh out my of luck. Who the hell? I can't drive twenty minutes. Who? Also, like I bought like uh, uh, this is uh, 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 essentially this is a town called Riverside, Illinois. I don't think they actually shot it there. This feels like studio backlot to me. Oh, I'm sure. It is. Um, especially like the color of the sky and everything, um, and the the way the weather is reacting. I th- it, it's extremely that Main dry. Street think- area looks very stagey to me. Y- yes. Yes. Um. Well, I mean, the budget was $65 million, so it had to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, it all went to ham. $65 million. It all went to, it's all their ham, their canned it's, ham it's budget. It's the canned ham budget. Why? What is a canned, canned ham? ham? You don't live in the Arctic. Like, Nobody gets a excited about a canned buy a, ham. You, you buy a ham covered in plastic, you put it in the oven for an hour, and then it's done. It's six done. hours, I don't know. But, uh, the trucks put, hate these canned hams. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from the canned hams. <laughs> so, but it was. It was like the whole. This, you know, she's building, and I'm like, oh, it's some sort of like honey baked ham thing, you know. And like, I get that. Like, those can be kind of pricey. Those are a special occasion ham. Yeah, this is um, not also, your way, to waste, way to waste the fucking funniest person on the planet for uh, 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 <laughs> arguing about whether the, she could buy the ham from a. Andy Daly and uh, Andy Daly and Arden Marin are in this movie. You're both very funny. Andy Daly is like what? Yes, as as Aaron referenced, one of the funniest people on the planet, and he's essentially there for. Oh, and um, uh, Matt Walsh is also in it. Oh yeah, but like in a crowd scene, the racist evangelical one, the one from UCB. Yeah, Um, but he's like in a crowd scene or something. He's not even like a main character. He clearly had a bigger part at some point. (laughs) He was like he was also in the crowd in Elf. So I feel like they just moved that whole Christmas crowd from. Three years Come earlier. on, boys! We got to get on one sound stage. We got to go to the other. Yeah, and uh, we booked you for the day. An elf, which is, is uh, a little different. Um, the this town, Riverside, Illinois. It's 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 a, not even a town. It's like a township. It's like yeah, nestled it's, between it's like Brookfield and Oak Park. Yeah, it's it's tiny, tiny, tiny. Um, I've never been there. I don't think, or maybe I've like driven through there. It is pretty close to the city. It's a 15-minute metro ride away. Um, I, I, I mention this fucking every third episode, but I'm uh, from the Chicago suburbs. Uh, so I, this, is a very, this is a very relatable movie for me in certain ways, but in certain ways it's entirely alien. And this is one of them where they act like they're, they pretend like they're both like 
from the city of Chicago proper, and also um, from this tiny little town where there's no, there's no way we can go get get all this stuff done in time. There's no way we can do this. Like I don't. I know some of these communities in the suburbs of Chicago try and be very like insular and try and sure. like, keep, like I know there's there's parts of like Romeoville that are noted for this. Like they try, especially like um. Not quite racial boundaries, but like Italian and Polish neighborhoods still trying right, to cling to right, that. Right, right. That some still degree. try to cling to that neighborhood vibe. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. But like this vibe, else. this neighborhood is a fucking planned community or something. Right. Like there's something, there's something dark going on here. As evidenced by Dan Aykroyd living there. Yes, yes. Uh, Dan Aykroyd has this this sort of like uh, Pol- Polish mob boss vibe. <laughs> he really um, does. And it's it's uh, it, that is actually the most Chicagoy thing here. Um, is is this guy who's just like an absolute asshole? But then the, by the time the party comes, he like brings out the accordion and he's everyone's best friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's there's fine to kind of wrap this up. There's a neighbor who has been uh, mercilessly addicted to Tim Allen. Which is never really explained. Like never really explained why he he personally was like that guy's not buying Christmas trees from the fucking Cub Scouts. Fuck him. He's just a little too angry. Way compared too to angry. everyone else. He, he, Way too Tim angry. Allen made him lose his job uh, hunting Blade Runners. <laughs> <laughs> but Clearly. you find out that he uh, his anger is stemmed from the fact that. Uh, his wife was died, like against too serious for this movie, but comes way too the serious for novel, this mo- straight from the Grisham novel, where I guess Tim Allen is not playing the lead in that novel, <laughs> so you can uh, maybe put a little more import into the book or whatever. But uh, he finds that his wife has like her cancer has come back. Yeah, can I tell and, like, you though? This, this may be their last Christmas together, and so. Tim Allen's rejection of Christmas uh, made him especially angry, which uh, I guess, uh, thank God he's not a, uh, like, a Muslim neighbor all the time. Because right, for sure. But one of the things, seriously, there was a moment. So she's, uh, Nora is working at the soup kitchen. And then the two friends that she had had lunch with previously were like, oh my God, you're not going to have your party? What am I going to do? come in and like one of them is crying and she's like i just talked to bev and her her cancer's back and i was like this is a trick to get them to celebrate christmas this, <laughs> this movie would pull this, this. A, this is a long con this is a long christmas i mean con. at this point they're like fucking assault on precinct 13 them over a fucking <laughs> snowman so i guess lying about cancer i is really not out of the realm there of was a good like 20 minutes where i'm like they're lying and it's gonna come out yeah, it's like so that. Um, it's like that lady in uh, in Fury Road that they put out on the um, they put out on that like large structure, and they use her as bait to yeah, draw yeah, out yeah. to draw out uh, raiders and yeah. shit. Like, oh, sorry, you know, I really uh, the only thing that can cure my cancer is a bit of Christmas spirit. I I swear to God, if it had happened, <laughs> I would I I would have been mad, but I wouldn't have been shocked. So, like, the Santa hat on top of a Santa hat here, though, is that (laughs) you go and you say, okay, so they pull off the Christmas party. The town's like, we got to do this for Janie. Janie, who babysat all your kids. And they, you know, pull off the Christmas party. And everyone's having fun. And Janie and her fiancé comes back. And you're like, there's still 20 minutes left of this fucking movie. Like, what is the next plot twist? And what you realize is that. Luther has decided that he still, throughout all this, is upset he didn't get to go on his cruise. And you're like, 
what at this point what the fuck is your pro like yeah. like you wanted to go on the cruise because your daughter wasn't going to be there your daughter's back you had the christmas party like and you're like you can't go on that dumb cru-. like just go on the cruise later Again, if, if and also you were the first person to go holy shit we need to make this you didn't argue with nora about no. making it special for Janie. no one said hey let's just tell her the truth and have a nice intimate family dinner we'll meet this fiance might be nice to meet him in a less setting than a fucking neighborhood yeah, walk super party I don't know. And it's and it's like, of course, I, I, again, this is a lot of this movie could have been solved with simple adult conversations. Tell your daughter like, hey, we have these other plans, but we want to see you, blah, blah, blah. You know, tell your spouse, you know what? I know like it's inconvenient to do this trip, but I was really looking forward to it because it's the first time we've done something for ourselves and whatever, whatever, whatever. Instead, he just sulks. Yeah. So actually, she doesn't have me, fun at the party. And doesn't have fun at the party. Let me, let me jump in there really quickly because yeah. I do have something nice to say. Ugh. One, one <laughs> nice thing to say. Is uh, it about uh, Dan Aykroyd and his accordion yeah. playing? There's, uh, no, oh, sorry, I guess two nice things, including the accordion <laughs> Uh, I like accordion. I don't know. It makes me He happy. sort of does um, this weird, like, Zydeco Cajun thing, which really I did enjoy. Yeah. So, okay. So there's two nice things to say other than the accordion, which is that, like, uh, obviously the thing that we talked about at the very beginning, which is uh, Luther refusing to to um, have sex with uh, Nora is very funny to me. Um, <laughs> the way the way Jamie Lee Curtis uh, is de- it, the way Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis, when she thinks she's uh, about to have sex, and then she just chugs both her wine and then his wine. That was a un- good bu- gag. Unbuttoning that- her, her very frumpy Christmas. My, Maya had a lot of questions as to why she drank his juice. Oh, <laughs> She was thirsty. Oh, no. She was thirsty. She was well. She was thirsty. She was thirsty. As I said, yeah, it felt like not a lie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, she was thirsty. Don't for lie sure. to your children. Uh, let me. Let me. And this is this is extremely twenty twenty brain. But the moment where Luther is sad in the kitchen and drinking alone and just sort of like unable to enjoy the party and like something just doesn't feel complete. And he's no like, one's wearing masks. We, and he, we didn't. He, <laughs> yes, he's like. But it, the reason he's sad is because like. He had to give up on his initial plans and like this like Christmas still doesn't feel complete. It feels like he had to completely betray everything and rush through the holiday. The real answer is he gave up. He gave up everything, which is like his friendships, his work, his work relationships. Um, Three thousand dollars on a cruise. They don't get to go on. Yeah. So um, what is and, and, and what I find really sweet is his way of fixing this is not just like going and hugging his daughter and like finding some sense of perspective. He's oh, like, dear God, no, I, I need to go do something. I need to go do something for someone that will that will make um, this better. And so he walks across the street and again, 2020 brain. Just let me have this. Um, <laughs> the moment where he, he goes and talks to M.M. at Walsh and his his wife and he makes up with them, but not in a fake. It, it feels fairly legitimate, like, as a scene. And he gives them the, he's like, just please go on this cruise. Like, you two deserve this. And there's this understanding that this could be, like, their last, their yeah. last hurrah. And um, the moment where he doesn't say to them, your son's not coming home tomorrow, assholes. Quit lying to yourself. He says, like, I think you should do this. And then they, he lets them have the conversation where, like, yeah. Like, he doesn't, our son doesn't come home anymore. Maybe we should do this. And, like, what do we do with the cat? And then he agrees to take this cat who he absolutely fucking hates. Um, all of that hit really hard for me in 2020, where my parents are not elderly. Uh, right. But they, there's a, the fact that I, um, 
I wasn't coming home for, A, I'm not coming home for Christmas to protect them, obviously, uh, not because I don't want to, um, and that um, these, this older couple um, gets to have, like, this this nice this nice moment together and gets to take this this gift from from Luther and have this, like, very, this is very sincere kind of sweet moment at the end of this very cynical sort of shitty string yeah. of, of moments. And, like, that hit me in a way that was extremely unexpected because at that point I was a little bit jaded and cold. And the the moment when he, like, you see M. Emmett Walsh uh, performing against, um, I should look up the, the act, actor's name. This is a... Uh, oh, that played his wife? Yeah. I'm, she I, was I lovely. Just, she was... Re- yeah. That's the... Uh, oh, and, uh, Elizabeth Franz. Elizabeth oh. Franz. And so. that's the thing is, I agree with you that that that's a great moment, and it actually is is probably one of the only moments in the movie that actually works, and and does uh, sort of the the lifting that you would want. It does that holiday thing that you want from a good yeah. sort of you know Scrooge kind of take. But the rest of the movie is so yes, cynical yes. that yes. It, this it's, is a this is yeah this it, is a moment that hit well, for me in a, in a, in, a, yeah. in a, it's an oasis. It's, it's not, it is uh, it's a, it's such an anomaly, and <laughs> it almost is like <laughs> it'd be like uh it'd be like uh uh, uh this this the the plague actually uh um. <laughs> The plague actually makes you hotter for six weeks before it kills you. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, um, I, 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 I liked that moment and I did think that was a good moment. But again, I just, the lead up to that, their, their rivalry or feud or whatever never made any sense. Um, you know, I, uh, again, there was, there was a huge part of me that really felt like her cancer diagnosis was being played as another sort of peer pressure moment rather than a genuine, one of our neighbors is in trouble and, and, you know, sort of, we need to come together as a community to help her. I, it's, it's, it's a great well, moment that's not earned. It's not earned. And it's, it's actually like, because at that point you're kind of over both of them as a character. I think it's hard for even in the moment for it to connect with any of Anything it does feel like like Peter like oh the plague does some good things <laughs> yeah it, it just feels a little like too little too late and I'll, I'll say this as as basically that's the end of the movie like there's two ways to take this movie and it's not hard to fix like this movie is mm-hmm. bones wise I mean it's not a complicated premise but like it's easy to make this a good Christmas movie people have done do- more with less yeah you either do full on cynicism which I don't think would have been the the mo here but like you do what it's like to be someone like you you know you do the the horror movie version where it's not truly a horror movie but like a a uh, black comedy where it's the burbs uh, it's the burbs yeah they give up christmas and they they basically see the world that they live in descend on them like they're pariahs like mm-hmm. they're these like not one of us yeah and like and give a sense of what Christmas is like from people on the outside of Christmas looking in. And, and you you do what you do for a lot of those types of movies, right? You have people that um, are your, – your point of view characters have been inside the Christmas bubble. And in their attempt to step out, they see the oppressiveness of Christmas uh, in a way they haven't before in the way that everyone reacts to them. And it becomes like a, a dark comedy about uh, the horror of Christmas for people that aren't celebrating Christmas. Right. Or 
you go with the empty nesters whose daughter isn't going to be there with Christmas and they decide to to do something um, and cancel all their plans. And like they kind of, it, it becomes more of a drama where they're really like, are we really canceling the Christmas party this year and a lot of other things? And then when their daughter changes their mind and like how hard that is for them, but recognizing they need to move on and they need to enter their twilight years. And then when their daughter's like, actually I am going to be back. They don't like lie and try to pretend that they've always been doing Christmas. They do the, you know what? We weren't planning on being here, but we're going to try to give you the biggest Christmas celebration and the idea of a community coming together to give the Christmas that they want to give their daughter in this special time. And then you have you have agency like you don't have you have the the Luther and the Nora character being not fighting against it, but um, but pushing for both things without like the weird rejection of their of their neighborhood and all the other lies and meanness that comes along with it yeah. and then that's a that's a classic heartwarming christmas ending the that's the fucking it's a wonderful life ending the whole yeah. town comes together to give their daughter a Chris, one last christmas before they recognize it's time for them to you know, go into their 60s or 50s or however well, old they're and, supposed to be. You know, their daughter's getting married. She's going to have her own yeah. Christmas traditions, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're, again. Like, both of those turn into good Christmas movies. Right. And, and instead, they're like, they didn't they didn't do either well. Yeah. And the two things cancel each other out so hard that it just becomes this thing where it's like, I fucking hate Christmas, I guess. Also, the <laughs> idea that teenage boys are invested in Christmas decorations is very odd to me. Yeah, that's at the age where you specifically reject Christmas. Right, exactly. Just give me my presents, Grandpa. I just wanted an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it is, it is like, it's so weird. It's weird. This... It's deeply, deeply weird. I, I paused it in the middle when I was watching it last night. And, you know, I was like, oh, I, I'm going to go get something to eat. And Phil's like, you know, because I told him I was watching this. And he was like, oh, dear God. And, is it uh, those two fucking idiots that message you sometimes? <laughs> yeah. No. He, I, at first I said, um, oh, yeah, I've got to watch a Christmas movie because I'm going to talk to Aaron and Pete about it. And he was like, oh, Scrooge, easy. And I'm like, no, I don't get to pick it. <laughs> and then he was like, oh. <laughs> but I, so, uh, I, I think we do have a, I think we do have a, a place in our heart for um, or a place in our, 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 our uh our lock for like just doing legitimate Christmas classics one year. We yeah. just have not elected to do it. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. But anyway, so I, I, I paused it and I got up and Phil was like, so, so how bad is it? And I just said, it's weird as shit. <laughs> it's so odd. It's, it's so, so odd. Like it is, it, it's miscalculated from the word go. Yeah. From and the it, jump. And it, and it leads you, it does this thing that like con men do where if you give it the benefit of the doubt at different points, you're like, oh, this is getting kind of interesting. And then it slaps you on the wrist for thinking it's going to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it is is definitively why it's so weird for oh, me. Oh, that, that it, subplot like, with the burglar? The burglar thing is like, is, is the definition of, um, it's the definition oh, of I a totally plot line that you could, that you could cut. You could cut him from the movie pretty much without effect. Yeah, no, nobody would care. Nobody would even know. And you it, would, and oh, oh, the only thing you would have to cut along with it 
is the weird reveal that the the uh, mall not mall Santa the charity uh, Salvation Army Santa selling umbrellas is actually Santa at the end of the movie, which is another. Oh yeah, very we didn't even talk thing. about this. Ends with a Santa's real. I forget it happens Same. every year, Aaron. I've seen this movie three or four times, and every time I watch it, it's got to be four times. Every time I watch it, I forget that this guy is Santa. Yeah. I can guarantee you, you ask me what the end of Christmas with the Cranks is it, 11 months from now on the, on the fucking button, and I will say, <laughs> I will say, uh, yeah, the, the daughter comes home and they have a big party. Yeah, that was so, again, talk about unearned randomness. Like, he just pops up at the liquor store, and, like, then we're supposed to believe, you know, like, he knows everybody and he's Santa. Like, why? What is it would have been better if it was um, Tim Allen playing Scott Calvin as a different character. Oh, yeah. But from, they probably couldn't the, afford from that. From the movie series, The Santa Claus. Yeah, they probably couldn't afford that. John Grisham, you know, he's not making, I mean, he's making a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, it's not Disney, He's not making I Dan Brown money. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is such a bizarre, like, and I, I think the John Grisham thing, I don't know why that's sticking in my craw a little bit, but, like, you watch this and you 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 hear or you see at the beginning, like, based on the novel Skipping Christmas by John Grisham, I texted Peter immediately. I'm like, holy fucking shit, this is based on John. <laughs> and you, like, yeah. assume. Now, again, I've never, I've seen some movies based on John Grisham novels. Yeah, that are, like, I think we all the plate Okay. Yeah. Like. Like a time to kill and some other courtroom. Yeah, Runaway all the courtroom might movies. Be John of Grisham, the 90s, I think yeah. Pelican Brief might be. Yeah, Pelican like I'm just Brief naming courtroom one. movies from the 90s, yeah. but I'm pretty sure they're mostly John Grisham uh, novels. So I assume this is like someone bought a John Grisham novel and cast Tim Allen, and then everything fell apart from there. <laughs> and instead, <laughs> when it's like, no, they were pretty. Looks like pretty pretty faithful to the novel. Yeah, they were really going the, for it, and that that somehow was more perplexing to me. Like uh, again, I've never read a John Grisham novel, but I think that he doesn't understand uh, story structure very well. It's it's just bizarre, and like I said, I, there are so many logistical problems with this movie, like f- just factual things, like the the time that this movie spans is is ridiculous. The Tim Allen's sort of strident anti-Christmas behavior is sudden, sudden, yeah, sudden and unrealistic. Honestly, it does not seem like he likes his wife that much, which is sad. They do not. They seem to have a. They see. There's a moment where they're sitting in bed reading separately and not really talking, and it seems like it's one of those marriages that like they kept it together for the kid. Yeah. And now that the kid is gone, uh, they Lord have just nothing wants in common. That dick. So they, they need zaniness to distract them from the fact yes. that, like, they either, if they if they still love each other, or, sorry, if they ever loved each other, um, it was replaced by uh, the burden of duty at some point. Absolutely. and but, know, that, but that's a thing to hang a movie on, right? Like, yeah. the idea that, like, what is our relationship without our daughter and rediscovering it around Christmas time is, like, a classic... That could have been Christmas great. Christmas movie trope, right? And you yeah. don't need Dan Aykroyd for that. You don't need Dan Aykroyd. You know. And uh, for that. For that. And it, no, and the, the whole like. Do you guys want to do an over under how many pages the book is? Oh, God. it's. I think it's a novella, isn't it? Isn't it short? Yeah, it's 194 pages. That's longer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> 
<laughs> you think it's like something you wrote for like three issues of Playboy? <laughs> my my dissertation is only slightly longer than that. Well, hopefully you understand Christmas a little better. It's also like two thousand one. It's just it. Yeah, it's weird. Have, have, have you ever have either of you read a John Grisham novel? No. I don't know. I've read Michael Creighton, but not John Grisham. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I've Michael read, Creighton. I've read, a, I've read a handful of Creighton, but mostly uh, the uh, pre-novel, the pre-novelizations of uh, movies. <laughs> that's what I call Jurassic Park because it's sold as a movie before the oh, novel that's actually. Right. Like, I forgot about that. So, so the the novel feels like it's a weird like first draft for the movie that the movie fixes every issue. Maybe this is a weird sticking point, but I am legitimately perplexed that how much of this how movie is is based on a best-selling novel by one of our premier airport uh airport airport, airport um novelists yeah, from the 90s it's, like it's so bitter. it just feels like it would get a better like story structure i don't know yeah like, it's, it's it's just it's really bitter and there are seeds of good interesting Christmassy story there that just yeah. don't get explored, and then you know you have somebody obsessed with a damn canned ham. Nobody's obsessed with a canned ham. Not not a twenty four year old. No, no one. I mean, and okay, and maybe this I mean is, maybe somebody who's in a fallout shelter yeah. for several years and they discover uh, a lost treasure tucked behind <laughs> the other cans. It's like, oh god, our last ham. You know, I've it, been eating black beans for seven years. <laughs> ham, but I mean, like, and, and maybe you know, I I grew up in the South. I grew up kind of in the the Southern Midwest. No self-respecting mother would put a canned ham on the table. It's it's weird that they're like they're expensive, but like they're within they're they're within spitting distance of just buying a regular ham that's already been cooked and tastes right. totally fine. Like and it's I, it's with the spam, you know. You might as it's, yeah. I don't get it at all. Yeah, it's it's like remember. I don't know. You guys probably don't remember like um, seeing potted meat as like prominent in the grocery store as i remember seeing when i was little but oh yeah i, re- I mean i remember sp- like like the spam devil actually felt like something like oh we're getting spam but like do you remember the deviled ham that was like wrapped in paper it was like in a can but a little, it was wrapped yeah. in paper and it had a little red devil on it like i mean this is and and even then my mom was like oh no 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 no, no. you don't need to eat that you know, and this is this is the early '80s. Everybody ate everything out of a can. So I'm gonna. This might be sound like a little bit of an indictment of Peter, <laughs> but Peter said he's seen this five or six times with his family. Here's the thing about Christmas movies: there isn't a ton of good ones, but yeah. there's more than enough good ones to watch Midland once ones, a year. Yeah. Once a year. Uh, so, all right, but also enough good ones that you can watch with children in the room. And uh, yeah, are not, but are I not think that's just true. Mickey's play. I would rather watch this than Mickey's Playhouse or any like. CGI what about like Pee Wee's Christmas Special or something? Aaron, I don't know yeah. why my family elected to to throw this in the mix. All I'm saying is we would watch all the good ones, and then we would have. This, I just don't know how you t- ran this, out of like PG. Do you think this is kid- more of like background Christmassy doing things kind yeah, of? Yeah, it's 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 that it. it this yeah. is this is. 
This is, uh, this is, that's probably it. It's something to put on the TV and, and turn the TV loud so that you can hear it while you're baking cookies or whatever. Right. Okay. And I see I'm not that. actually recommending this, by the way. This is just, I'm, I'm justifying my own no, sense. No, 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 Well, because I, I, I didn't know when we, when, we picked, <laughs> when we picked these movies, I didn't know that Peter had seen this. I think we did it because it was the other Tim Allen Christmas Right, for movie. sure. Yeah. And we, and we do, like... As much as we joke about it, Peter and I legitimately love the first two Santa Claus movies. I, I think the first like Santa, Santa Claus, Claus two makes me cry every time I see it. I don't think I've seen and it, but I the first one is good. I I genuinely like it. I didn't know that Peter had seen this before, so I was like, "Have you ever seen this?" Because I'm like, because I messaged him, "This is fucking based on a John Grisham novel." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's like, "Yeah, no, I know. I've seen this like five or six times with my family." <laughs> and so we I talk about it every year. We're like, "Do you guys remember?" That this is based on a John Grisham novel. That one year he was like, "I'm going to write a heartwarming Christmas." That's classic. like the point of discussion at your dinner table that night. Yes, yes. We, at, we over well, can we about, Well, if we talk about real things, I don't. <laughs> what, what discussions might come up? It's a dangerous territory. We need to talk about how weird it is uh, that that in Home Alone two, his aunt and uncle are like renovating a massive brownstone in New York, <laughs> yeah. and that it's in such a such dire condition. That, like, you can literally murder men within it? <laughs> and now how is everyone in this family so loaded that they can re- reform a Manhattan brownstone and go live in, like, their other vacation homes oh for the God. entire holidays? Don't in get, Paris! Don't get me started on the economic such situation of the McAllister family. It's ridiculous. Uh, wait, hold on. We didn't, talk about, we didn't talk about the music. Do you know who did the music for this movie? Dan Aykroyd? A little guy named... Little Steven, do you know? Who little Steven, oh little yeah, is? I saw that, and I was like, "Why?" Do you know who Little Steven is, Aaron? Yeah, I know who Little Steven is. Do you know who Little Steven is? Say it out loud, then. He's from the E Street Band. Is that is what that you the, want to say? That's the, that, that's the gang from The Sopranos, right? Yeah, he really should have done the music for <laughs> Surviving Christmas. Uh, excuse, I don't know what the E Street Band. Yeah, is. he should. Uh, he's the he's an Peter. actor from the show. Uh, God, Peter. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's an What's that show? Was it Lily Hammer that he was in? Yeah, for yeah, four he, years? I don't I don't know what you're talking about, Easter. Like Band. the he first in, Netflix series. Yeah. yeah. Uh I, I would say you stepped on my joke, but I took too long to get to the punchline. Yeah, I um, didn't know what the joke was. You kept <laughs> making it. Yeah, me... it's cause it's cause I had a half second and I panicked. Um <laughs> It's it's hard to yes and when someone is saying, Bleh, maybe no. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so uh yeah, Stephen Van Zant did the music in this movie, and I have to say that like the the music in the movie generally the music picks are pretty good yeah uh, it actually it opens with uh i think it's a ravenette song like it opens with a genuinely good like in, indie christmas song yeah and then later in the movie they have like genuinely good motown era christmas music i'm not saying every song in the movie is great but like if you're picking classics they didn't just go to like the five christmas songs that you hear all the time they picked a, they picked a few like at, at select moments that um added like a, a good vibe uh, to certain scenes and like elevated the movie a little bit, but the fact that I think it opens with a Ravenette song, like it's yeah. really it's it's a really cool like opening for a movie. And and again, what Amanda was saying, the movie is a bait and switch quality, where <laughs> you you you're like, oh my god, this is gonna be this is gonna be genuinely pretty good, and then the movie absolutely flubs it. It's 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 a it's a running theme. I think that's my final thought on the movie. Yeah, and not even not even going to introduce it. My final thought is that it is that they they keep offering sort of um, 
it, the it, it's miscalculation is that mm-hmm. the, is, is that they keep um offering the promise of something wonderful and then they cowardly bail out of it yeah and then it ends yeah. up just being like uh, this is this is no i don't think this is any worse than like most hallmark movies or netflix christmas mm, movies oh, like well, I think it's way most worse. of them have the same sort of regressive theming which is that like i think there's a you're an idiot for this. not celebrating christmas yeah, you're but a there's big a, there's a sour center there that yes, i don't and think it is I think it's because Christopher uh, actually. Oh God, I mean, Christopher Columbus! As soon as I saw his name come up, I was like, Oh God! I like yes. that we're hold on. I I like that we're calling him Christopher Columbus. I'm trying to, oh, asso- sorry, I'm trying Chris- to associate him with. Uh, I'm trying to associate him with the the genocider. But uh, Chris Columbus is one of those guys who uh, made uh, one amazing movie um, in Home Alone, and then has for some reason been trusted with family comedies yeah. again and again and again. No. And I haven't seen the sequel to Christmas Chronicles yet, so I don't know if he he fucked that series up too. But because um, he wrote Christmas, Chron- directed Christmas Chronicles too. Um, but at the this Christopher point, Columbus Chronicles, Christopher Columbus Chronicles. <laughs> That's horrific. That's solid gold. <laughs> God, I am not even going to riff on that because it is making my heart hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna leave it there for your brain to riff on but the um but the 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 um chris columbus is someone who we've talked about in the show before in, in select capacities is someone who like had his moment he's a pers- joy killer he, he he's he's for some reason gotten his claws into all of these strange little franchises and these strange little cultural moments and what amanda was saying is true it all ends up feeling deeply cynical Mm -hmm. it all ends up feeling deeply uh compromised and the the writing is 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 deeply contrived where like uh yeah there's uh you know uh my writing book says we have to do a sweet moment right now because we're five minutes from the ending so uh Mm. yeah he makes up with the neighbor across the street and though that moment lands really nicely because i think mm at walsh um and uh, Elizabeth Franz and Tim Allen actually like turn on their acting muscle for right, a scene. Right, right. Um, I don't think that necessarily makes that scene like as you guys say. Like it's not justified, but for the movie, um, it, it, it the movie is full of these sort of like unkept promises, and and, and, yeah. and that adds to the cynical nature of it. So that's kind of my my closing thought here is like the fact that the movie ends with like a just give in style theme. Is the movie basically admitting that it had nothing to say the whole time? But we talked, actually, I think most of our Chris Columbus hate came from our Gremlins episode, Gremlins 2, where we talked about how Chris Columbus is a dumb (laughs) motherfucker who hates the first Gremlins movie because it wasn't what he wanted to do and has been trying to get the rights back to make his good version of Gremlins for fucking 30 years or 40 years. Go fuck yourself, Chris Columbus. The Gremlins movies are amazing. Uh, I just, like, I I actually am going to take, I guess, I get you have a little bit more of a nostalgia pick for this, and, 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 and that's fair, because the thing about Christmas movies specifically, because you usually are watching them once a year, you're watching them at a time that you you know, feel warm and gooey around your family and everything else. Like the nostalgia component of Christmas movies is more real than I think most, most other movies just because like you can, you can, 
Peter, maybe the first time you watched this, you guys were like you were playing Legos and and this was on in the background and or, you know, while your parents made Christmas cookies. Like, I don't know. Like, that's Uh, it was uh, it was probably five years off from that and for 2007 because I would have been in high school. But um, but the Legos were still there. But like yeah, at that Legos moment, we're like, that's why I said Legos. But like, let me just do a, a five second uh, re revisioning. Um, my brother would have been coming home from college. I would have been very very excited to see him. Um, my sister would have also been coming home. One of my sisters would have been coming over from college. One of them would have been doing little pop ins from the city. And like, so I finally had my family like back together. You gotta again. watch and out and, like, for those pop ins. Yeah, and, like, I was just actually, like, excited to see everyone and, like, whatever activity they wanted to do, I was I was game for. Um, so, the, the, the I was a little bit older, so I don't have, like, that kind of nostalgia, but I have, like, the sort of, like, I'll watch this movie whatever year it gets put on the TV because, like, it, it, it's yeah. just, I don't get to see my family all together that much. They have busy lives, and there's a bunch of us. I mean, the, yeah, and there's, there's definitely movies like that that, like... I remember my first college coming home and all my brother, like, you know, there's, you end up watching something on Christmas Eve and you have a, a very specific nostalgia for it that the movie can't undo, whether it's good or bad or otherwise, you just, you just kind of like related to that. And, and Christmas is full of movies. Like the Christmas movie industry survives on the fact that you may have warm feelings for movies that aren't that good. Yeah. <laughs> and, for sure. And so, but so I, I will, um, in a way that like, I'm not trying to negate the fact that I can understand why you may be more positive about this movie in the way that I have those Christmas movies that I'm probably more positive about than the next person, the next person. And God knows we heard enough feedback when we talked about how much we loved Home Alone, Peter, about how many people are like, this movie is fucking terrible and I'm so sick of people hating it. Like, you know, we... But we grew up with those that with Home Alone and and we loved it and it's also a good movie and those people are wrong. But regardless of that, uh, it uh, the thing the thing about like this movie is that you you are wrong in that <laughs> this is the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. And unlike even the the fucking Road to Christmas and other things, it is maybe the only Christmas movie I've ever seen. That makes me actively side with people who hate Christmas. Not that I did like there's Christmas movies I don't enjoy and I don't think are good at, at, at like pulling out those Christmas feels from me, even in just their iconography. I actually think that this movie made me go, oh, maybe Christmas sucks for everyone that doesn't like Christmas <laughs> and maybe they're right and I'm wrong. <laughs> like I I did not enjoy this at all. I think this is a bad movie. I think this movie is uh uh yeah i i'm not i don't support banning movies uh but i think if i did this would be number one on my list uh (laughs) amanda what do you got um yeah i mean i i think my final thoughts for this movie it's it's incredibly sour it's such a sour sour film um from the very beginning i mean i no one is really likable. I, I think there's a there's a weird dynamic there, and we've we've talked about it a bit. You know, you've got sort of uh, Tim Allen's character is sort of this manly man who's too manly to show emotions, and then you've got you know Jamie Lee Curtis's character who's like overwhelmed and overcome with emotion 
all the time. You know, she's frantic for 90% of this film. She is absolutely frantic, losing her marbles, you know, just all over the place. And, and there's just nowhere to really sink in. There's no place to really hang your hat. The daughter seems kind of, of, you know, flighty. The parents certainly aren't likable. The neighborhood people are horrible. Yeah. The, the weirdo guy at the stationery store is creepy. Like, he follows her into a restaurant to berate her. I know. And then when she says no to one type of cards, I guess there's another type of card. Yeah. That he, she orders that he's like, well, at least this fucking person's going to buy this. Right. And it's, and then goes table to table. You know, and it, and it's, and I, I, I get back to this thing that, you know, her character does do things that are laudable and does do things that people should do, but that's not good enough. For this movie, the fact that she actually gives time instead of just money and lip service is not a good thing for this movie, you know, and I just um, and then again, with like the timeline, you know, doesn't make any sense for people to be this freaked out about everything. Um, You know, it's they haven't seen her in in a month. I mean, good Lord, I go a month without seeing tons of people. And that was even pre-COVID. I, you know, I go a month without seeing most people. Right. You know, um, and, and so when it does have these moments of, 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 you know, levity or when it does have these moments where it's trying to be sort of sincere and have these sort of deeper connections, it doesn't earn any of them. And so what you're left with is a bunch of horrible people in terrible clothes at a party. No, I think that's right, and but but I will say this from that perspective, I think this has been an extremely successful first entry in our month <laughs> because this is cursed Christmas. It's totally and a this movie Christmas. does feel like it's putting a curse on the concept of Christmas, Absolutely. and for that, I gotta say, bravo! Like yeah. this is exactly what, it did exactly it what did. it should have done for our month's theme specifically. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is not. There is no moment of joy. There is no moment of camaraderie. Um, It's just a slog with horrible people. And isn't that what Christmas is really about? Sometimes it is, (laughs) especially if you live in this Chicago suburb. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Pre-ruined Christmas. Anytime uh, I can ruin a holiday, I, I'm your lady. You're in? Yeah. Oh, man, wait till we watch all the Columbus movies. <laughs> oh, I'll have opinions. 1492. <laughs> Christmas, uh, Christopher Columbus, the discovery. 1493. 1493. Why are all these people dying? I like 1493. 1493. How do you do? <laughs> Electric boogaloo. Uh, Amanda, thank you again for coming on. Yes. Do you have anything to promote? Um... Like I said, if you are in the Houston vicinity and feel safe about coming out, please, please, please come and visit us at the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston. We have a brand new wing of the American Galleries, which is the most space that we've ever had for American Galleries and also the most inclusive uh, display that we've ever been able to do for the American Galleries. Um, and we have a brand new building of modern and contemporary 
American, European, and Latin American art, which is stunning. So come out and see it. That's great. And also, like, I mean, I hadn't thought about it until recently, um, but, like, a museum feels like, as far as, you know, covid stuff goes, it feels like a pretty safe one. You keep your ma- You're not eating the art. It's sh- you keep your mask I, on. I prefer that you don't. You keep um, your mask on. If somebody's standing near a piece of art, I usually just wander to a different un- unoccupied piece of art until, you know, they, they fuck off and I can yes. go have my moment with it. Like, Absolutely. Uh, it's, um, I, it's quiet enough that social social distancing is uh, encouraged anyway because it's too awkward to stand next to somebody. <laughs> social distancing is encouraged. There's nothing to touch. Um, it's we, true. You keep your hands behind your back. So you, you keep your hands to yourself. You um, and also, right now, apparently, that the biggest uh, cause of community spread is based on youths, and youths don't go to museums because they're not cool. That's yeah. No, I honestly would like more youths to come to the museum. Youths are good, but not right now, though, right? Because of the well, I mean, we're limiting the number of people who can be in the building every day. So you know, if they get a ticket, hey, they get a ticket. All right. Well, if you're going, youths. Youths. Wear your mask. Youths. Wear your mask, youths. Youths. That's enough, youths. That's that's enough, youths. <laughs> uh, speaking of not having youths on, um, <laughs> Bill Fox is going to be our guest next week for an episode we call The Mixed Elder Nuts. Bill Fox. The, the, eldest, the eldest fox. Um, we're doing Mixed Nuts, which is another cursed Christmas movie I've never seen, directed by Nora Ephron. I've never seen it. Uh, with, with Steve Martin. Uh, it's not uh, good. Bill I've Fa- seen it before. It's very bad. It didn't pass my uh, repeat viewing that uh, that Christmas with the Cranks did. Does that does that warm you up to anything? Oh, you've wow. seen it one you seen it one sixth the amount of time you've seen Christmas with the Cranks. It does tell me something though. But Bill Fox, when we offered now Bill Fox Christmas movies are his favorite season, we offered him uh so the movies that we were doing and he picked this one because he said he had to pick it because he's seen it over a hundred times <gasps> wow that's that's either a sure sign of insanity or tremendous dedication to christmas movies i think he might have been exaggerating but maybe not it will find <laughs> maybe out maybe not We'll find out. That, when that guy finds a movie, he just watches it. So. <laughs> I mean, most of the time he's like doing whittling or something while he's watching it. Oh, but. so yeah. Yeah. yeah, how many times do you have to laser, laser focus on mixed nuts, though, I guess? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, so, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. We missed you. Um, uh, we'll uh, we'll have to schedule again very yes, soon. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be yes. here. Yep, yes. this was a blast, as always. And with that, I wish you a, a, um, a Merry Crank. Merry Cranksmas. Merry Cranksmas. Merry Cranksmas. Yeah, I hope I hope if uh, you're that if you are giving if you are wriggling on the floor for your spouse that your spouse gives you the AOK sign, <laughs> as opposed to dismissing it and wandering off. That's actually my wish for everyone listening. I hope if your significant other is your wriggling dog. on the floor wanting to fuck you that you don't leave the room in disgust yes. oh wait never mind what i said about dogs um, although i will and... say that pasta salad looked sad and i would have left the room too yeah, yeah fair enough sad right, salad good night. sad salad sad salad christmas i don't want to fight tonight with
much for listening to We Love to Watch. If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand and you want to support the show show we truly absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on itunes i know every podcast says it and it's because it really does help and so every podcast wants that help so please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically they hopefully want to tune in and listen and thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years uh we really do appreciate you uh with kisses and smooches peter and aaron Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs>